Boy, we're we're really excited about what God is doing uh, at Bethany Community Church and uh, in our community and in our church. And one of the things that makes it work is uh, uh, is the, the team. Uh, the team. The old cliche is teamwork makes the dream work, and we certainly have a wonderful team of of, of staff here. And we, we when I say staff, I'm including those you see on the stage, those who show up at the office every day. And those of you who just serve on Sunday or you serve some other time during the week, we're so appreciative. I, I, I know we don't say thank you enough, but we really appreciate those of you who serve. And I know uh, uh, from doing this for a while, I know that you appreciate getting to serve. I, I know that. I know that's true. You, look, uh, uh, you probably look for a church where I can go and be a part of it. Because one of the ways you really get related to people and you really feel a part of things is you jump in and serve. And uh, uh, so that there's a, I, I want to talk to you about some uh, uh, serving opportunities right now. And uh, we're going to make a, pass out a card in a minute. And this card is going to, we've listed some things where we need help right now. And, uh, but there's a place for other there uh, that we will need help later if you have another area you want to serve. And uh, naturally, I think you, you understand and, and uh, kind of, uh, I, I heard Andy Stanley say this, so I think he's done pretty good with this philosophy. And so I think uh, we can handle it here in Menden. And he, he tells people, listen, we, we, we screen and we try to put you where you need to be. So, so you may sign up for something. We may say, you know, you, that, we don't think that's the best fit for you. We'll put you somewhere else. That, that's, that's, how we, that's how we do our best. And sure, sure we miss it. We're, you're human. We miss it. Uh, obviously, uh, we're human beings, and we don't always do things the best way. But um, uh, what, we're trying to maintain the kind of like children's ministry you would want to drop your kids off to. So we want you to trust us. So if somebody signs up for children's church, and we think you know that you'd be better off, you're really suited better for something else. That's our job to do that. Okay, but uh, and that happens once in a while, and people are usually really good with it. We don't have a I don't think that I don't have a list of people who got mad and left because we maybe repositioned, but th but that's what you expect us to do, right? You expect us to do that. You expect us to try to match people with their gifts and where they're best placed and and all of those things. So, uh, but uh, most likely we'll be able to plug you in right where you want to be or right where you think you want to be here. So we have we we need people at BCC Kids, which happens during the service and. Uh, everybody up there serves on a, a, a rotation. You're, you're in there one month, and you're off for two months. You're back in the service for two months. So everybody serves on a rotation. We don't want anybody to be out of church all the time, if we can at all help that. The BCC Kids Nursery is really in need of people who will serve. Again, anything we do with kids, you have to be corried. We want to make sure you're suited for kids. We, we're going to uh, talk to you and interview you and find out a little bit more about you. We're just not going to Take anybody who says, I want to work with the kids. We want to know who you are if you want to come work with our kids. <laughs> and we want to know your, your track record. Like, so we want to do a quarry on you. We're, we're, going to, we're going to keep our kids safe. And so, but we really, really need help in the nursery. And Renata, is Renata here? Renata Martin, are you here? Renata, stand up. Renata is a fabulous worker. I mean, she is, she's, stay, stay standing. Renata. Renata is a fabulous worker, fabulous person. She is a joy to work with. You're going to want to work with her. 
I mean, I, you will you want to sign up just to work with her. I mean, you, you will you will be a better person by having know, by knowing her. I'm telling you. And then we have the pastoral care. These are people that we call and ask them to run to the hospital. And this is especially important because I'm getting ready to take a what I'm going to call 40 days of focus. And during my 40 days of focus, I, I'm not going to visit hospitals for 40 days unless it's, you know, someone, a member of the church is dying, I will go. But other than that, I'm not going to visit. So I need people who like to visit hospitals. And boy, there's nothing you talk about a rewarding ministry. There, you, you, you know, I'm going to tell a little bit about how, how uh, it's so nice to be the person who shows up, to feel that God is using you. So uh, also, this is a, uh, a team we haven't even formed yet, but it's just an idea that came to my mind the other day. When I walked into one of our events, it was going great, but I saw the same people who did the last event and the event before that. And... Uh, I think they might be losing a little of the joy of the Lord. I just think, maybe. I just saw it on their face. Uh, maybe I misread them. And maybe they just just having some other things going on in their life, you know, a headache or whatever. But I got a feeling, so we, we, do, we do a dozen or so big events every year. Maybe you're a person who says, you know, serving every Sunday is not my thing, but I would, I'd be happy to show up. You wouldn't even have to show up for all of them. Just, boy, I'd like to help out with the Harvest uh, Festival in the fall or the, the, the Easter egg hunt in the spring. These are awesome things and very important. So you might want to circle that. And then the Compassion New England. Man, there's so many awesome things to do at the, uh, all over at the, uh, uh, blessing, two, the two blessing barns. And perhaps, uh, uh, I'm not sure they need people down to Crisis Center. I, uh, I don't know if Sherry wants to speak up. Sherry, you back there? Do you want to speak up and say something about your needs? Or they could just sign this and we'll send them to Christie. We'll send them. What goes on at the crisis center? Okay. There you go. If you, if you like surprises, go sign up at the crisis center. <laughs> that describes my whole ministry. And then we got not sure. If you really want to serve in not, the not sure team, sign there. <laughs> So raise your hand if you want a card, and uh, raise your hand real high. Hands going up all over the building. This is awesome. You also just agreed to give $1,000 to the offering. <laughs> I forgot to tell you that. Uh, so um, we, we didn't think about how to get these back, because I, I find out if I... If I just, <laughs> Linda, what, what should we do, Linda? I find that if I just hand it to you, I never see them again for a lot of folks. So how about if you just do it right now while I'm talking? Put your name there, circle your area, and the, uh, the ushers come right back and get them. Let's just do that because if I know I'm, you're like me, uh, you'll be thinking about going to lunch and your friends and all that stuff, and, and you may forget. So uh, fill it out quickly and... Um, I'll just uh, talk a little bit about this sermon we're getting to, then, then I'll give you a chance to, to, to pick them up. I've really been uh, enjoyed this sermon series uh, because uh, it, it's, uh, it's so wonderful to talk about 
our, our, the gift, the eternal gift of salvation. There's nothing like that. The grace of God that brought us salvation, that gives us that assurance. Because the one thing, uh, the one thing that humans have that is um, unique among uh, all species of being is uh, uh, the knowledge that they're going to die. We're the, we're the, as far as I know, uh, chimpanzees and baboons and uh, other animals don't sit around and worry about uh, the fact that they're going to die someday. But we are aware, uh, we're aware that we're mortal. We're aware that we're going to die. And so God has given us this space between birth. And uh, you've heard it, you've heard preached about the dash, you know, that God has given us this space between birth and death. And we, and we know that, yes, we, we, find, we get this eternal insurance that at the end, whatever the, whatever the stepping into the next world is going to be, whether that's being whisked away to above the clouds or, or however that's going to look, we know there's an, e, there's, there's an eternity we're going to step into uh, that it, where we will be immortal. But God... God must have a plan. You, you can gather those cards up, guys. Gather them up. G thank you. Thank you very much, ushers. God ha must have a plan for that space in the dash besides just waiting around and consuming Christian grace and hearing sermons and hearing praise songs and, and uh, having some good fellowship with Christ other Christians. And God must have a plan for us uh, in that space. And, of course, I, we know he does. And that's what this series is about. It's called Imitating Christ. Imitating Christ. And, and uh, next Sunday I'm going to talk about, and I'm not sure how I'm going to title it, but I'm going to talk about what I'm going to try to basically say is stop being embarrassed at the demands and commands of Christ. Stop being embarrassed about that. Because the world, actually, they're hungry to know that we know a way of being that is best and good and useful and healthy and has not perfect results, but maximum good results that we know a way of being. Really, the world is not just looking for a ticket to heaven. They're looking for a way of being. And because we get, we get embarrassed, oh, oh that, that, that thing that Jesus said over there about doing this or doing that or not doing that, you don't have to worry about that because... He took care of all that. <laughs> well, we, 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 that's not what the market is even de demanding right now. People are crying out, somebody, somebody tell us what to do. Somebody tell us how to, how to manage our lives. Somebody tell us how to, how to, how's the best way to raise kids and how's, how's the best way to be married. Or people are really wanting things to work. How many of you are wanting things to work? You're wanting things to work better. Well, Jesus showed us how to do that. And it's, it's called the imitation of Christ. Uh, so I uh, thank you so much for ushers and thank you for uh, responding so well to that. <clears throat> now, I want to open the sermon by asking you to pray for a young man named Jack Sewell or John, James Sewell, I believe, uh, or John. Is it John? Or is it Amy? Anyway, they call him Jack. And his parents, Jim and Kelly, that I met yesterday, uh, I went to, let me tell you this, what happened. I went to the Providence Hospital yesterday to pray for Carol. Uh, 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 Drew. And uh, 
they, you guys tell me to go to the uh, uh, room nine on the fifth floor. But I haven't gone to Providence Hospital very much. Uh, not many of our members go there. And so I went in. If you've been there, you know they have two, two towers. And I went to one tower and uh, got up there, and it wasn't the right. Later I was to learn she wasn't there. She was in another fifth floor of room nine. And, uh, but I, and I stepped off the elevator. There was probably about 20 people or so who you could just tell, I could tell they, had, they were getting bad news. You, you could just see it on their faces. And um, I felt, I, I just felt this huge urgency. Tell them you're a pastor. Just tell them. And, uh, and you know, I kind of I kept pushing that down as I walked through them to talk to the lady at the desk there to find out where Carol was. I kept pushing that down. Uh, you know, I've been reading, with some of you are reading 12 rules for life. And the first one is uh, hold, uh, 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 hold your head up, put your shoulders back. And it's about being bold, you know, and courageous. And, and, uh, and I thought, oh, I've just been reading all that stuff and hearing that. And I'm just, you, I, I, that's, that's what's in my head. I, I really, I, and besides, I've got a sermon I got to work on the sermon. I got two speaking things to work on, and I'm really behind, and I, I'm just going to leave here. I've already had it in my plan to go to Starbucks in Providence and work on the stuff. I don't know why I hear from God at Starbucks, but I do. <laughs> I, got two, I got two offices, and I'll go to Starbucks sometimes to work. It's all the drama around me that is stimulating. But... Um, but this is serious. Back to the serious story telling. And uh, uh, I went and prayed for Carol, and it was just bugging me. Those people's faces was just, it was just, I was feeling, you know, like I blew it. And I just, I almost went back. And then I get in my car, and I start to drive away, and I, I look across the parking lot, and I see, I see Jack Revell's pickup. The Revell uh, landscaping on it. And my heart dropped as well. Oh, it's not, and, and here's really like that. It's not Jake because he wouldn't have driven here if he was in serious problem. So it's not Jake. And um, uh, so I, I almost still drove away because I, I, got, I got about four hours. I got to get a bunch of stuff done. And boy, that, that voice said, oh, you go back up there. You better get back. So I parked the car and I went back up there and found them. And uh, what happened, and this is what I want us to stop, and we're going to actually pray in a second for it for this family, uh, because Jake's girlfriend, McKenna, who's been coming here to church with Jake, her cousin was, uh, was in a bad car wreck, and he was thrown from a car. And so I went back to the room where he was, and he's really in tough shape, really in very tough shape. And, uh, I was able to cry with the family and pray with them. And um, uh, things do not look good this morning for him. So would you just join me in praying for uh, Jack Sewell and his parents, Jim and Kelly. Father, we looked at this family and we've, many of us have been there. We've been in that emergency room or that ICU with our own family members. And we relate all too well to how it feels. And so I just ask you, O oh God, to visit uh, this family with special grace today. And that, Lord, a miracle would sure be nice. God, you can do that. Lord, you can do that. 
Jesus' name, amen. Okay, I want you to, that, that I, I, did, I wasn't exploiting that situation, but it points to something that I want to relate back to later about how God wants to use you and God wants to use us. And we're not just on earth to be consumers, but we're here to serve. There's nothing greater than serving the way Jesus served. There's nothing, there's really nothing more adventuresome and exciting, nothing more difficult either. I mean, you get your heart broken a lot when you, when you step out into this arena. Uh, but I wouldn't want it any other way. Uh, even though I, I'm, God knows I'm a little frustrated with him that, that, <laughs> that, 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 I don't have the magic touch of raising the dead and stuff, stuff like that. I, 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 somebody figure that out, okay? Would you figure that out and uh, get back to me on how, how you do that? Because people are really suffering out there. So why, today I'm talking about improving. And we're going to go to Ephesians uh, 4 in a minute and talk about improving. The, the, the word the Bible uses, and we're going to see in our text, is growing. But I'm going to use the word improving now. Why should you always be trying to improve? Well, I just did a little brainstorming at my desk, and here's what I came up with. Because you will suffer less stupidly and unnecessarily. Because it will humble you, and humility will open a world of opportunities to you. Because you're not aware of how much you can truly hurt other people. You would be surprised at how much pain people are in because of you. You would be surprised. They're not telling you, maybe. They, they probably tried to tell you, but they, they, they've stopped. Because if you don't progress, you will regress. Because some opportunity is just waiting on you to qualify for it. We've all been there in our lives where we had an opportunity to give someone. And they don't even know we said, no, not going to give it to them. Because you will know how to, uh, what's next? Uh, because trying to improve makes you smarter. Because of what you will have to learn. Because you will know how to mentor others who want to improve. There's a whole ministry of learning to teach others to do what you've learned to do. There's not really a big ministry for teaching other people things you don't know how to do. <laughs> There's just not a lot of opportunity in that, right? Because something will change that you didn't even know you were responsible for. Something will get better. Your kids will start changing, and you won't even realize there was some correlation between how you are handling yourself and how they're behaving. You won't even, and you'll be like, wow, you're going to get bonus miracles or bonus answers to prayer because you improve. Because you will solve bigger problems in the world. Because trying to improve will move you into, into connection with others, you will need to help you improve. You're going to get to know some really great people when you become a person who wants to improve. Because really great people love to help people who want to get better. And especially the Holy Spirit. 
Because the world is desperate to experience the ministry of Christ, not just people claiming they know the way. And finally, because there will be tears in heaven. I don't care what you've been taught. There will be tears in heaven. And you don't want yours to be tears of regret. Revelation 2.14 says, He will wipe every tear from their eyes. Lauren Fox was a great preacher of yesteryear. And Lauren Fox had a vision one time. And in the vision, he saw heaven. And he saw Jesus. And he saw all of God's people who had made it to heaven. And they were all weeping over their missed opportunities. They were all weeping over what they could have been compared to what they were. And God takes, in His grace, He's going to do this. In this vision, He took out a gigantic handkerchief and He wiped all the tears from their eyes and He took all the sorrow away. And that's good. He's going to, he's going to do that. He's going to do that for us. And, and we're all going to have some regrets. There's no way you're going to get there and not have some of those. I don't think... But think about that and think about, you know, I might want to live my life so I minimize that. I might want to live my life so I can minimize. And I'm going to tell you something else about regrets. You will more regret what you didn't do than what you did. You'll have more regrets over the things you didn't do than over things. Now, you'll regret some things you did probably. You've probably done some things. We've all done some things that were wrong and, and maybe even downright nasty but uh, you will have more regrets over the things you didn't do that you could have done. Now, this is not, I know it sounds really negative, but it's not negative. This is a very positive message because it's about, it's about Jesus wanting to give you this incredibly meaningful life. That's what it's about. Now, see, God knew it was advantageous for you and I to improve, so he sent Jesus. He didn't send Jesus just to show up and play in the big game. You know, go die on the cross. If, if I'd have been God, I think, well, you know, my son needs to die so these people can have their sins forgiven and have eternity, uh, hopefully eternity. So Jesus, go down there, die on the cross. You got a week. <laughs> go. Can you, you can pull it off, Jesus. Get yourself, <laughs> get yourself in big trouble and get crucified. You got, well, okay, a month. You need a month. Humans are slow. So you need a month. <laughs> but no, he sent him for 33 years. He sent him to be a baby and go through temptation, 40 days of temptation with Satan and all these battles with the Pharisees and all these struggles with his disciples and all these good works that he did and healing the sick and raising the dead, walking in water, turning water into wine and being, being a really great human being. He didn't just show up to play in the big game. He showed us not only, to, he didn't come just to show us how to die. He came to show us how to live. Ephesians 4, 1. Therefore, I, I a prison. Can I have a little grace today? Because it's, uh, I, I need a little, I, I need to go, I need, I'm going to need to go a little past 1130 today. Is that okay? Okay. Can I have some grace? Wow, that was, that's really weak. I'm really scared. It's like. Okay, I'll try to quit 11.30. I get the message. Boy, you're brutal. Ephesians 4. Therefore, I, I, a prisoner for serving the Lord, beg you to lead a life worthy of your calling. 
Boy, how can you get any plainer than that? For you have been called by God. Always be humble and gentle. Be patient with each other. Make allowances for each other's faults because of your love. Make every effort to keep yourselves united in the Spirit, binding yourselves together with peace. For there is one body and one Spirit, just as you have been called to one glorious hope for the future. There is one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father who is over all and in all and living through all. Living through all. Boy, it's just full of it. Now, we're going to skip down. And he says, now these are the gifts Christ gave to the church, the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the pastors, the teachers. Their responsibility is to equip God's people to do his work and build up the church, the body of Christ. This will continue until we all come to such unity in our faith and knowledge of God's Son that we will be mature in the Lord, measuring up to the full and complete standard of Christ. Then we will no longer be immature like children. We won't be tossed and blown by every wind of new teaching. We will not be influenced when people try to trick us with lies so clever they sound like the truth. Instead, we will speak the truth in love, growing in every way more and more like Christ, who is the head of the body, the church. He makes the whole body fit together perfectly as each part does its own special work. It helps the whole it helps the other parts grow so that the whole body is healthy and growing and full of love. Um, this week I was talking to a lady named Sandy. And Sandy lives in an assisted living facility. And, you know, people will tell you anything if you listen to them and talk to them. And so I found out that she weighs 127 pounds. Now, that's very personal information. But like I said, people will tell you anything if you listen and you ask them questions. And uh, I, I, I kind of, I, I knew her story a little bit, but I didn't know really details. So I began to ask her about some details. Well, she, uh, about three years ago, she weighed 270 pounds, about three years ago. And she began to talk to me about how she did it. Now, now, normally people who go to a nursing home or assisted living facility, that's not a place that they really have any uh, great life transformations. That, that's, that's an end-of-life plan when you go to assisted living. It's end-of-life plan when you go to assisted living facility, right? But she said this. She said she mentioned an employee, a, a CNA named Sai, Sayonara. She mentioned Sai. She said, Sai began to challenge me to exercise. And said, she would have me, I would walk five times around the room, around the facility, and rather. And she, I would come to sit down. She said, you can do more. Go walk some more. And through exercise, and eating less, she went from 270 pounds to 118 pounds. The doctor said, told her to stop. You need to gain a little more weight. So she bumped it up to 127. And she said this to me. She said this to me that grabbed my heart. She said, the reason I lost weight was me and Sai. I thought, here's a... Here's a person who goes to work in an assisted living facility. She's not a physical therapist. She's not been trained to be a physical therapist. She's not an exercise person. 
She doesn't get paid. She won't get paid one more penny. She won't get a for doing that. But she had a vision. So you know, I'm talking to her, and I didn't know, but in walks Sai. So I had a conversation. I want to make sure this was true, and it's absolutely true. She had a vision. She told me she said, "Oh, I got her walking all the way around the building outside. I made her walk laps around this building." And you know, I couldn't figure. Out. I kept, oh, well, "Why do you do this? What? Why, what? What?" God? And she never could really answer. But I found out. Uh, I found out she's a Christ follower. She's a believer in Christ. She. Uh, I'm going to say this. Start to say this. She goes to. Gracia Bachista. Did I say that right? Close enough? Gracia Bachista. That's, that's the church that rents from us in downtown Mulford. That's where she goes to church. You know, that's what happens when you, when you improve enough to get beyond yourself and you care about another person. She changed that woman's life. And she didn't give, oh, she's in an assisted living facility. And she's, you know, she, she told me, she said, I was a, she said, I was like a round ball. And she's really short. She's about this tall. She said, I was a round ball. I could just go, I could hardly get up. And this person has a vision for her. See, improving is not about, <laughs> let, let me get this. It's not about you becoming good enough to be God's child. That's not what it is. A lot of the improvement that we've seen in the past seem to be about either superstitious ideas related to not offending God or trying to be good enough to qualify as a child. I, I remember a lady who, if you, if you remember, some of you remember the days when we had projectors, projectors. Remember those projectors? And how many of you were the AV kid at school? Were there any AV kids still around? You know, you always had the AV, we call them the AV geeks, I just got to tell you. And, and they would set up the projector for the teacher. And uh, uh, if she saw a projector set up when she went to church, we used to have like missionaries would come and show a film and you would see the projector in the middle of the aisle, she would leave the service. Because one time she went to a movie theater with her child and her child got sick. And she determined that God didn't want people to watch movies. And, and th this was a very otherwise bright woman, a very wealthy woman, matter of fact. Very, her, she, her husband owned gas stations all over Tampa, Florida. And she was very successful. Uh, so um, uh, that's, some people think you know, we got to improve or God's going to be mad at us. But look at our text and you will see that if you don't improve, you're not going to be good to yourself or other people. If you don't improve, you, you will be moved away by lies and false doctrines and bad teaching. You'll, you'll become a prey for false people. You'll become prey for false people if you don't become, if you don't improve and follow Jesus with humility and you don't get connected with the body of Christ properly. You, you will be vulnerable person and you won't be available to other people. It's not about, you know, it's not about, these aren't mythical great gods that get angry because you did something or because you're not good enough. You know, that's what yesterday was about for me, you know, going back into the hospital. It's not a hero story, but believe me, it's not at all. But God, you know, the, 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 that family is, uh, they, 
been going to church, and, and I don't think they're going to church right now. God wanted them to know, and I, I don't know the outcome today, but God wanted them to know that he loved them. He, God wanted them to know, God wanted me to show up to be his representative yesterday and to let them know that somebody cared about them. And I didn't just happen to go to the hospital at that time. I didn't just happen to show up there. It was, it was, it was God's love flowing through me. And that's what you, that's the, this is the person you want to be. You want to be the person that shows up in people's lives when they're in a lot of pain. You want to be the people, person that shows up and gives them a hug and tells them God loves them. You want to be, the, you want to be that person. Do not, you don't want to just, I know you don't want to just be a consumer who consumes the blessings of God and consumes the grace of God and consumes the world around you, but you want to be a producer. I want to give you three things that a relationship with Christ will help you improve. Here's what we improve with. First of all, we improve through Christ's spirit within. We improve through Christ's spirit within. Look at Ephesians 1.3. Make every effort to keep yourselves united in the spirit, binding yourselves together with peace. Now the spirit there is capitalized because it is talking about the Holy Spirit. It's not just talking about get, you, getting united with others. You can get in agreement with others in ways that are no improvement at all. You, you can develop unity in a way that's not improvement. It's the unity of the Spirit. What God was trying to get me to do, and I did it badly. I did it poorly. I didn't do it very well yesterday. I let my own self-consciousness and I let my own fears keep me from being bold as I should have been. So I didn't do it great. But uh, the Holy Spirit was trying to bring me in unity with Him. I was resisting being in unity with the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit was trying to bring me in unity with him. And then he wants to bring you in unity with me. So we begin to pray and we begin to care. John 14, 26 says, The friend, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send at my request, will make everything plain to you. So Jesus is inextricably linked to the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is Jesus' emissary. He's the action of God on the earth. And John 6, 63 says, The words I have spoken to you are spirit in their life. Pinocchio's Gemini Cricket is a type, a picture of the Holy Spirit that it teaches us to go from wooden dead things to living and breathing things who do the right thing. You know, what we're talking about, now people don't understand this, and I used to not understand this, because I, I would preach on Sunday morning and I would, I would say something that was an instruction from God, and I would say, basically I would say, this is for Christians. Christians need to hear this. And do this. I don't do that anymore. No, this is for humans. This is for humans. This is for all people to listen to God and obey God and become useful with your life. This is for all people. Uh, you know, even when I saw Jake's truck there, I almost didn't go back in because of the pressure I felt to work on speaking prep. The Spirit of Christ is real. If you want to be a difference maker, you better learn to listen to the Holy Spirit. If you want to be a difference maker, now I, I, I really don't have an answer for those times when it turns out not to seem to be the Spirit's leading and, and it doesn't work out. I, we've all had those times. I, I don't know, have an answer for all of that because I know sometimes it just, you, you find out, oh, that was, I don't think that was God at all. Uh, 
I just know the voice of the Spirit to my conscience telling me what I should do is an indispensable tool for improving. The nudge of the Holy Spirit. The Spirit of Christ keeps us in tune where Christ wants us to be. The Spirit of Christ keeps us in touch with how Christ wants us to love. And let me tell you something about love. It's way more than just being nice. Yeah, we're often called to be nice, but that's a very narrow definition of love. Some, some of you are destroying people by being nice to them. And some of you are destroying yourselves by being nice to yourself. Love is willing another person's highest good. So love might mean challenging another person. It might mean get, get, telling another person instruction that they may not even want to hear. Another thing uh, that's related, not unrelated, is the Spirit of Christ keeps us in sync with what Christ wants us to learn. Now, the ability to grow depends on our ability to learn. This is very important. And let, here's the thing about learning. And, and I didn't understand this for a, a lot of my life because I, I, I'm a, a teacher by, by motivation. I, I like to teach. I like to explain. But I would not understand why people would get angry at me. I would not understand. Why would they be annoyed? I'm, I'm, I'm using a calm voice, and I'm just trying to teach them something. I'm just trying to tell them something. I, that they, they should be really grateful that I'm taking my valuable time, and I want to tell them something that's going to make them much, have a much better life, and they're going to be much happier if they'll just do this thing that I, obviously they don't know about. Because I can tell the way they're behaving. They don't know that that's not good. <laughs> and I just, I just, doesn't that make sense? I just teach them and, 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 and I've even given them scripture. And I used to not understand why people would get irritated with that. And, but I, I, I finally figured out the other day that, that teaching is a very aggressive act. Because you know what, learning, you know the first thing, uh, first step to learning is you have to learn you're wrong about something. And how many of you really enjoy learning you're wrong about something? Huh? How many of you really get off on that? No, I, nobody said amen. You have all kinds of negative things go off in your little brain when you have to be taught something because it says, I've been wrong for some of the like 60 years. <laughs> That's very hard to hear that you've been wrong for 60 years about something. And, but that's what happens when you're taught. All learning, see, starts off. Alexander Skolzenitsyn said it, and I read it 40 years ago. I read this statement by Alexander Skolzenitsyn. He said, truth is always negative the first time you hear it. And I think that's truth. <laughs> All learning starts off as a frustrating experience. Remember learning to ride a bike? That wasn't fun, was it? It was not fun to learn to ride a bike. That was painful to learn to ride a bike. Very painful because you, you, you can't ride a bike on grass. You've got to ride it on, on asphalt or concrete. And when you hit asphalt and concrete, it doesn't feel good. And if you're going to learn to ride a bike, you're probably going to hit it. Plus, you just feel stupid. 
felt really stupid. It, 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 it's a good thing little kids, because adults would never be willing to feel that stupid. Adults would never be willing to feel that awkward. But that's why we quit learning. Because learning is a very horrible experience. It really is. So I love to learn, really. I don't believe you. Jason gave me this phrase, and I, 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 I twisted it around so much and rephrased it so I don't even remember how he said it. But I'm going to say it the way I'm going to say it. The greatest secret to learning with Christ is the willing to do something good very badly. The greatest secret to learning with Christ is the willingness to learn to do something. See, growing always involves, and Jason used this phrase when we talked about this, first obedience. First obedience always feels awkward. Right? See, here's the deal. Here's the deal, guys. Biology fools us. Biology fools us. Because biology equips all of us to achieve a whole bunch of things. You have certain biological drives that cause you, uh, you want a partner in life. You want to you want to have uh, you want to live inside instead of the woods. You want to eat food. I, you're really weird like that. You want to eat food. You want to live inside. You want a partner, and you want a family. Those are just like four things. Oh, oh yeah. Number five. You want a job. People really do. People really don't want to just do nothing. They want a job, and and of course that all relates to these other things because. You have a hard time getting a partner and a family and all that if you don't have a job. See, so that job thing is really, really important. And you have, you have enough biological drives that you'll go get yourself a job, get yourself a house, get yourself a spouse, and get yourself some kids, and you think, I'm really a mature person. Look, I got a, I got a job, a spouse, kids, and a car, and I must be really... I must have arrived. But here's the deal. Here's the deal. Even painfully, and I say this with all love and kindness, even painfully unsociable people manage to pull those things off. Even people who cannot truly serve or minister to anyone or make anyone's life better or lead another person to Christ, or pick up a load that society needs picked up and do meaningful, life-changing ministry. People who could never do that pull those five things off that I just mentioned because they're biological drives. Beyond that, you, as in your natural self, you're not driven beyond that. It takes the call of God to take you beyond your biological drives and practice something called obedience. And obedience will feel awkward and weird and frustrating when you first try to do it. But when you look at the life of Jesus Christ and you look at your Savior hanging on a cross, I think that was a pretty frustrating experience for him. And I think that was a pretty tough day for him. And when you see him hanging on a cross and dying for our sins and setting the model for us and saying, I've taken up my cross, now you... And let everyone who wants to follow me take up his cross. 
The career, the spouse, the kids, those are really good things to do, by the way. But they are not the cross. Well, see, you say you don't know my spouse. Well, you got a point there. With few exceptions, the drive to have a partner, a family, eat food and live indoors moves us to manage these very complex relationships with other people. But that's just survival. That's not obedience. I said, that's just survival. How many of you know God wants you to do something better than survive? He wants you to be dynamic. He wants you to be awesome. He wants you to be purposeful and powerful with your life. Here's something somebody said. There's no growth in the comfort zone and there's no comfort in the growth zone. You ready to stretch and grow? Sayonara. Isn't that a great name? Came from Brazil like so many of you. Got a job to survive. Those biological urges that we all have caused her to get all the things arranged to live a life of survival. But she went beyond her job description to transform another human being's life. And that's who Jesus is. Hallelujah. That's who Jesus is. Now I'm going to, you, you didn't give me the, I didn't get the vote to go past 1130 and it's 1131. So not, you're still not, there's no unity out there. There's no unity. So, yeah. Yeah, but I, I had to beg for it though. No, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to let you go here real quick. We improve through Christ's words applied. They're very important. I'm not going to spend a lot of time on these things, but the Spirit and the Word, got to have it. The words. We, we improve through Christ's words applied. We will speak the truth in love, growing in every way more and more like Christ, who is the head of the body of the church. Truth is whatever Christ said. Now, since he had creative power in his Word, he could say something that didn't even exist before, and when he said it, it would materialize. Uh, the example, five loaves, two fishes brought by a little boy. He spoke and it became a whole market full of flows and fishes. It became truth. You're not going to improve if you don't. Listen to this. You're not going to improve if you don't have at least one friend in your life who elevates the words of Christ above all else. And with whom you will converse and compare the teachings of Christ along with his apostles' application of Christ's teaching with your behavior. If you really want to improve, you make sure you have a friend who elevates the words of Christ and will talk to you and you can have conversations. I'm not telling you a big rebuke all the time or somebody on your case, but you can have conversations about your decisions and your behaviors and compare them with the words of Christ. This is how we go from mere belief. You see, we've turned Christianity into just a system of belief. If we can get just people to believe the right things, that's important. It's a good start. But... If you want to go from a mere belief system to a life-transforming relationship with Christ, then the words of Christ have to be between you and at least one friend. And you all talk about those things together. And they, they're willing to challenge you. They're willing to disagree with you. They're, they're willing to affirm you too and agree with you. And that, that friend is so important. We could do a whole sermon on that. But that friend is someone, and I love this, this is someone... Who, who celebrates when good things happen to your life and it breaks their heart when bad things happen to your life. If they're not doing that, 
then don't let them disciple you. If they don't celebrate when good things happen to your life and they don't just get frustrated when bad things happen, they're not a friend. So you need a friend who loves the word of God, who loves Jesus' words. So the, the final thing is we improve. This is no small point, though I'm not going to spend time on it. We improve through Christ community experienced. Ephesians 4.16, he makes the whole body fit together perfectly as each part does its own special work. It helps the other parts grow so that the whole body is healthy and growing and full of love. See, God has structured, listen carefully, listen fast with me. God has structured his plan to go from personal salvation to Christian connection to community and world influence. Christian connection, and some of us either try to leapfrog over the personal salvation or we leap over Christian connection and we try to go right to world influence and community influence. But that is a mistake. That is a mistake. God intended for the church of Jesus Christ to go together and impact the world. God intended, amen? God intended for us to go together. I know it may seem like an unnecessary step, but before you go, stop and become related to other Christians and because they will help you from making some mistakes out there in the marketplace. You want to be sent. I said you want to be sent. If you look in the biblical pattern, the apostles were always sent. You want to be the best scenario. I'm not saying you can't do good if you, this doesn't happen. You go ahead and do good because the world needs you. But the best scenario is when you're sent by your church. That's the best. This is an understandable mistake, but it happens. God saves you, settles you, sanctifies you, and sends you. There's only one thing I ask you to do this morning besides receiving Jesus, and that is to receive His Spirit, His truth, and His community with humility. That's really all, I, all I'm asking you to do this morning is is an attitude of humility toward walking with Jesus and serving Jesus. You know, most of the time we receive gifts with imagining how we will use those gifts. And Christ is indeed giving us gifts that benefit us. But Christ gives us gifts not just so we can think about how we will use them, but he gives us gifts thinking about how he will use us. And that is the thing that I ask you to look to God and be humble about. It's definitely the most powerful way of life. It's the most joyful way to live. If I am proved to be a change agent, there's just nothing as unstoppable as that. Absolutely nothing as unstoppable as that. Will you sign up today to move out of the comfort zone and be an ever improving, humble servant of Jesus Christ? This is response time at Bethany. If you're struggling in any area of your life, if you've never become a Christ follower, I want you to come forward today and meet with them and tell them what that is. Maybe you have a very difficult situation that has nothing to do with what I preached on, but you want prayer. These guys are here to pray for you. Communion is available. Let's move into response time today. Let's become humble servants of Jesus Christ.